Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Come on, let's give God a great hand for what all he did in 2022. God is good, amen? Have a stand with me. How about that? We're going to get into the Word of God. This is Vision Sunday, so I'm going to share with you some things very practically today, but really mostly I'm going to share out of my heart some things I believe God is doing right now and things that I believe His Holy Spirit has shared with me. So what I would ask for you to do, if you're a part of Summit Church or maybe even new to Summit Church, but you're, you're saying, man, I, I dig this place, I want to be a part Um God's been doing some great things the last few weeks, and we've just been praying for it, and he's been doing it. And so if that's you, I want you to just really think. I want you to open your heart. I want to open your mind today. And I want you to just allow God to sink you with the vision of this church. And anything else, all the other things that may be filling your mind and voices that may be filling your head, just shut them out and say, God, whatever it is you want for me as a part of the ministry of Summit Church this year, I commit myself wholeheartedly to it. If we will all do that, you're going to see things that will be literally miraculous because God has shared this with me. I believe it with all my heart, and I don't believe that one word that God gives us will be in vain. I don't, I don't believe one word God says will fail, not one. Amen. How many agree with me on that? So that was a, like a little golf clap. I didn't, it sounded like I just made a good putt. That was a good putt, which is fine. Because I do make good putts every once in a while. Not as good as others, but <laughs> let's, let's try that one more time. Let's give God a big praise before we read it. So my text today is Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 through 8. And you'll see why in a moment. But let's read it together, if you will. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Father, we thank you for your word. We are so blessed by your word today. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, to anoint us. God, help us, Heavenly Father, to walk in an acceptance and an openness for your word to take root in our hearts. God, for your word to be established in us. Lord, let us embrace. Father, seriously, let us embrace and grab a hold of what you're saying to the church right now. Not just our church, but the church at large right now. Lord, help us not to miss it. Help us not to miss it, God. Help us to be a part of it. Help us to move everything else out of the way and say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in me, in me, God, let each of us claim it and own it in me, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated. There's a very similar text to this. And by the way, if you have already downloaded the app, you can just go on the notes 
And you can put your own notes in. There's some blanks you can fill in there as well along with these notes, and you're more than welcome to do that. I'd love for you too. But there's another passage of Scripture that goes right along with that passage of Scripture in Psalms chapter 1. And it says this, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word of God. And in that word does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth fruit in its season, and his leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does, it shall prosper. You know, at the end of last year, I was in a prayer season, probably um, in November. We pray a lot here at Summit Church. We believe in prayer. My wife and I are praying people. We're trying our best to inspire everyone else to be praying people as well as in this church. I know that there are people here that are called to prayer. It's not just something you do out of a regular communion to God, but God has put it in your heart, and your calling is an intercessory type calling. And, and I just want to challenge you, if you're avoiding that, you need to step into that. You need to lean into that and let God begin to use you in prayer for others. It's a powerful, powerful thing. But I was in prayer, and I'll just have to tell you that for a period of time in prayer, probably for the last two years up until last October, November, every time I would pray, every time I would pray, my, I, would feel, I would feel the power of God, the presence of God. I would, I would experience the normal thing that I would experience when I pray. I would know that God is hearing me. I would know what his word says about prayer. But I, I would always feel this heaviness. I would feel this feeling of, like, what is going on in the world. I would feel this overwhelming concern, burden, if you will, about the culture and about how things had shifted and about how we need to be concerned about this and that. And my mind was constantly flooded with those thoughts and and I began to realize that we are that what we went through for those two years was not merely a pandemic. It wasn't merely a cultural shift. It wasn't merely a spirit of discouragement. But man, it was spiritual warfare at its height. And unfortunately, I believe that a lot of believers had did not realize it and did not recognize it and and were not equipped for it. This is why we have friends that have kind of left the faith or left the church or have, have kind of gone their own way because they just weren't ready and they just haven't depended on God in a long time. You know, I heard a story the other day that talked about you know, uh, a man went to Africa. I'm about to go to Africa on Tuesday. And a man went to Africa, and he saw God move in a massive way in these services. I've, I've experienced the very same thing in Asia and Africa. I've experienced it here as well, but it seems to be different. And, and he asked the pastor, why are you seeing these miracles? Why are you seeing so many lives change? Why are people, why does it look like harvest time all the time? And he said, he said, there's a big difference. He said, we're doing the same things you're doing. We're praying, we're studying, we're seeking, we're doing the same things. Why is it different? And he said, he said, in the West, you believe in God. In, in our area, in the East, in, the, in this part of the world, we depend on God. And you haven't depended on God in a very long time. 
because we're so capable and we've got so much and we're so blessed and we can do. And thank God for the blessings. We want to be blessed and we want to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. But there's a problem when our blessing becomes what we're dependent on instead of God, who is the blesser, is who we are dependent on. Amen? And so I think that a lot of times we go through the motions as Christians. We, we say we're Christian. We do a devotion now and again. We come to church, but we, we weren't really ready. You know, it's too late to get ready for the fight when the enemy's already in your camp. You can't start strategizing when the enemy's already arrived on the battle lines. You can't start getting your equipment together then. This is why I always tell people, stay prayed up. Stay in the word. Because when the enemy attacks, what's coming out of you are the weapons that God has given you instead of you feeling overwhelmed or defeated. And so in these prayer times, I would just feel so overwhelmed. And there was a moment in October or November, I can't remember, but I was praying. I was seeking God. And as I was praying and seeking God, all of a sudden, I just sensed the Holy Spirit, and whatever that heaviness was, it left. And I mean it left immediately. And the Lord spoke something to me, and he said, I'm doing a new thing. It's over. This battle is over. I'm doing a new thing. Now prepare yourself and get ready. And, and, and here's what I believe. I believe God is going to do a new thing in 2023 by taking us back to some old things. Now, now, listen to me. I, I'm going to say it again, and I want you to get it. You should probably write this down. I believe God is doing a new thing in 2023 by taking us back to some old things. <laughs> what are you talking about, Pastor? Are we going to start doing church like we used to back in the 50s and 60s? No, I'm not talking about methodologies. I'm not talking about ideas. I'm not talking about structures. I'm talking about the old paths. The Bible says in Isaiah that we should seek the, uh, I mean in Jeremiah, that we should seek the old paths, the pathways of holiness. Now, you, 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 you need to understand what I'm saying. You need to understand what I'm saying. God is saying, I want to, I want to give you favor. I want to bless your life. But in order to do that, there's some changes that need to happen. How, how many of you ever... Just look at yourself in the mirror and go, I, there's some changes that need to happen. How many, how many of you ever say, I got some changes to make? But, but, but isn't it the truth that we start looking at how we can change, right? Instead of saying, I can't change on my own. I need the power of God to change me. See, this is where we make the mistake. We're so self-reliant, so, self so independent that we think it's about us making the changes. And what we need to do is say, I'm going to do what God said. I'm going to go back to the old things so that he can do a new thing in me. What's the old thing? I'm going to really devote myself to his word. I'm going to really seek his face in prayer, not some religious little prayer, prayer. I'm going to really like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight the devil when I pray. I'm going to seek his face when I pray. I'm going to get into the throne room when I pray. Are you with me? Are you hearing me? And I'm going to live the way the Bible says I ought to live and stop making excuses about I'm gracing this and grace that and cover this and cover. Instead of saying that's what God wants for me, how about we say God wants us to be overcomers of this world and overcomers of this culture and overcomers of the sin. And God is saying if you will go back to those old thoughts, then I will release a new powerful move of God to your life. It's going to change you. It's going to change your family. Family, it's going to change everybody around you. Unless you don't want change. 
And then that's an entirely different problem. And I'm going to be honest with you when I say this. What we've gone through for the last two or three years, I believe this with all of my heart, was absolutely to deal with that. I believe God allowed some of the things that he allowed to deal with lukewarm hearts and apathetic believers. Are you with me? I know he did that with me. Oh, that was a lazy prayer. Are are y'all hearing me in this charismatic church this morning? Are you hearing me in the... Hey, come on. Are you, I want to change. I want the power of God flowing. Out. How many of you would love to see a miracle or two in your life? How many of you would love to see God come in and provide where you can't figure out how you're going to provide and you need God to show? How many of you would love to see that? Well, here, the Bible tells us right here, it said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of the sinner or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his love, his passion is in the word of God. And in that word, he meditates day and night. And he'll be like a tree that's planted, secured, settled in the stream of water. And because of that, his fruit is constantly bearing. His leaves never wither. And his hands go to work and everything they do prospers and are favored by the Lord. Why? Because we have chosen him over this world. Give me Jesus and leave this whole world to somebody else. I don't need what it has. We were talking about this yesterday with some leaders and and one of our leaders spoke up, one of our elders, Gary, and he said, you know, I've just been thinking about the scripture in James 127. It said, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, that you take care of the widows and the orphans. And most of the time we stop right there. But it goes on to say, and remain unspotted from this world. The Bible says we are in this world, but we are not. But we find ourselves standing in the way of sinners, sitting in the scornful seat, and walking around with the ungodly. I'm not saying separate yourself from ungodly people. We have to reach out to ungodly people so that they can come to Jesus. But I am saying that we are the church, and God's saying come out from among them and be holy like God is holy. Now, before you think we're going all the way back to where I came from, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about external things. I'm not going to start getting up here and telling you, you better wear this and you better wear that. You better. Although some of y'all just need to wear more of whatever it is. You don't have to like it. (laughs) Listen, our hearts need to be holy. Our hearts need to be pure. Our hearts need to be sanctified. Our hearts need to stop making the excuses for sin. Because when we do this, here's what happens. God favors us to move forward in in, in the basis for what I'm sharing with you today is this. Um... I was preparing to preach on Christmas Eve. And as I was beginning to prepare for Christmas Eve, I I really, you know, Christmas Eve is a shorter message and and it's a shorter service. And it was, it's very important that we, that, I mean, it's just such a great service that, and you have so many people who are guests that are there. You want to say the right things. You want to say godly things. I, I always feel that way about preaching, but I was just particularly intense about this. And so I prayed, God, what do you want me to say? And the Lord gave me the scripture about Mary 
where the angel came to Mary, and Mary was perplexed by what the angel said. Zechariah was afraid of the angel. John the Baptist's dad, he was afraid of the angel. It just scared him to see this angel. Mary wasn't scared of the angel. She was perplexed by what the angel said because the angel's greeting to her was, blessed are you highly favored among women. And she was disturbed, the Bible says. The, the better translation is perplexed. In other words, she was like, who, who me? You, you talking about me? Who am I? Who, who, who am I? Why would, you, why would you call me? Why would you give me such a responsibility? I'm just a girl. I'm just a girl. I'm just like any other girl in this. And it, no, but for some reason, the, the integrity of her heart, the, the purity of her heart, something about her calls God to, to, to see her as the vessel that he would use to bring his son into the earth. And she was like, who me? But here's the powerful thing. The powerful thing is when it came to it, she said, be it unto me. She said, I may not feel qualified. I may not even be qualified. But here, here's the powerful thing. God doesn't, God doesn't call the qualified. I don't know if you realize this. God qualifies the called. And sometimes we don't feel like we have enough or we are enough or we do enough or whatever. But sometimes God puts a calling on our lives and we just need to say, I'll do it. Be it unto me as it is. I don't understand why you would call. And that's what I believe God's saying to our church. I don't understand why. We're not that big a deal. Why do you want to use us in this way? But we need to say, God, whatever it is you do want to do in my neighborhood and in my family and with this church, God, go for it. We're here for it. We're here for all of it, every bit of it, no matter what what the cost. And she says this. And what we need to remember is when the angel began to speak to her about what he would do, he said something very important. He was talking about Elizabeth and that she, he, she could not bear children and how God sent an angel, gave him a message, she conceived and she was pregnant as he was talking to Mary. And here's what he said and it's something we need to really get in our spirit. He said to her, for no word from God will ever fail. So as I begin to pray, what is the vision for this year? What is the vision for our church? What is the vision for the life of our church? We've had a vision that we've gone by, and to be honest, it's something that we gleaned from another ministry, and a lot of people do glean from this ministry, and we love it, and it served us well for the time that we had it. Many of you could even quote it, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. But you, can, you notice and realize that I haven't been referring to that a lot for a long time. And the reason is, is because I really feel like there's a shift. And as I begin to pray, God gave me some words. He just kept bringing these words up in my spirit. I kept seeing them in different places, and I kept studying about these words. And, and, I, and so we're making a transition. This is what our vision is going to be. And I want you to listen for the next few minutes as intently as you possibly can because I want you to catch what I'm about to say. Our vision now will be expressed in three words. Connect, grow, and go. Everyone say that with me, if you will. Connect, grow, and go. Connect is simply this. Here at Summit Church, we believe unequivocally that relationship is the highest priority of this church. 
And there's many aspects to this. And I want to tell you why. Because I've been doing a lot of study, a lot of research. I've been doing a lot of connecting. I've been doing a lot of talking to different people inside the church and outside the church. And here's what I am coming to realize. And all of us probably do realize. We just don't realize that we realize it. And that is that we have a problem not just in the church, but we have a problem in the world right now with true, serious connection. I find so many people that don't have deep friendships. Oh, there's some exceptions, and most of them aren't in this generation. Most of them are aging up and aging out because they weren't as distracted and they didn't have as many things. And matter of fact, what they did in life had to do with community. It had to do with connecting. It had to do with relationship. But with everything that is happening and has happened in our world, it's taking us further and further and further away from one another. We are getting more and more disconnected, but we're thinking we're more and more connected. But our connections are surface. Our connections are not deep. Our connections are not things that go into a place of depth and are people who you could get to stand with you when you need somebody to stand with you. They're not people who understand. And, and the church has allowed this to happen because we as believers have begun to develop our community outside the community of faith. And it's not that we can't have friendships outside the church, but the reality is used to, when I was coming up, your community, your, your friends, the people you hung with were people who went to church with you, people who believed Jesus, people who would pray with you when you needed prayer, people who were there. For, I'm not talking about saying on Facebook that they'll pray. Everybody on Facebook will pray. I'd be like, man, I saw you at the game the other night cussing a blue streak. I don't know if I want you praying for me. You were mad and angry and hitting people, throwing stuff. Oh, y'all don't, you're like, I'm sorry you saw me do that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We've all been there. But what I'm saying is we've built these false communities, and, and, and then I started d dissecting these communities outside the community of faith, and I began to realize even those communities aren't deep because you let something transition, and those communities will fall apart. You let somebody go through something. Just because the community and we're neighborly in this area and we'll come to bat for somebody who has a major catastrophe in their life, that doesn't mean that that's how ongoing relationship is working in the world today. It's not. Technology has been very good for getting us to let, let people know somebody's in pain, somebody needs help. And people who love people and people who care will run to the rescue. But that does not connote or denote real relationship. And so we're becoming more and more disconnected. And the Bible is very clear in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. It says that when a person isolates themselves, they're raging against all wise judgment seeking their own desire. It's a militaristic thought. It is if your enemy can get you by yourself, take your, cut your munitions off, cut your food off, cut your relationships off, then he can take you out. And that's the whole goal of the enemy. He's trying to isolate people so that he can destroy their lives. It is the mission statement of the devil to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That is what he's trying to do. And if you can't look at our culture right now and see that happening right in front of our eyes in many different ways, we need to think about it for a minute, step back
back, meditate on it, and realize we're in a battle here. And what keeps us from being defeated in this battle is relationship and connection with other people of faith who care and who love. There's too many people sitting in this church right now who do not know each other. Well, it got quiet. You know why? Because we come into church and we sit in the same spot. We talk to the same people. We come right when it's time to start or a little later. (laughs) Got to get through that first song, you know. I want it to be warmed up when I get there. (laughs) And then... We leave as soon as that bell rings. Ding, ding, ding. Go to your corners. Got to get to this. Got to get to that. Got to do this. Got to do that. This is not really the nature of the church, though. You know, first, we want to get people connected to a relationship with God. A relationship with God. We want everyone to know God. Those who have never known him, we want to introduce them to Jesus. It's the most important thing we do is to introduce people to Jesus. But it's equally as important to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus. So discipleship is key. Having relationship with people, helping them grow in their faith. The church, that is incumbent not upon the staff only, but upon the entire church to be connecting with someone who needs your help to lift them, to strengthen them, to encourage them, to mature them in the faith. It's going to require some change. It's going to require some maneuvering. It's going to to require some modification of our lives. But it's so important that we do this, and it is so rewarding when you do it. We want to introduce people to God. We want to help people who know God to know Him better. You say, well, I thought all there was is just get saved and go to church. The whole purpose of going to church isn't just because you're saved and because you want to do the religious thing. The whole purpose of being in church is to build your faith, to be equipped so that when you go out during the week, you are used by God for the work of the ministry. That's the whole point. That is in the Bible, that our job as pastors and leaders is to equip, to give the saints the equipment so that when you go out into your life this week, you share the gospel, you love people, you care about people, and you bring people into the kingdom. And you do that how? Through relationships. We want people to know him at a deeper level. This is what the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians 1.17. He said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. There is a better. God doesn't want to just save you. He wants to sanctify you. In other words, he wants to help you become more holy. He wants to grow you in your faith. He wants to sanctify you, and he wants to fill you with his spirit and empower you to overcome sin and empower you to be bold in your faith and empower you to pray and see God move. And he wants to use your life and mold your life. This is why the Bible said he is the potter, we are the clay. You don't mold things unless you want to use them. Are you with me? Second, we want to develop a doing life together type of relationship with each other as the body of Christ building the kingdom of God together. There's a Greek word called koinonia. 
and it means fellowship. Now, you hear the word fellowship thrown around in all different places, but it really cannot be used anywhere but the church because koinonia represents this incorporate relationship that is connected beyond biology, and it's connected beyond proximity. It's connected beyond blood. It's connected in a spiritual sense. It's why when I go to Africa in just a few days, I'm going to worship with some people who are speak a different language than I do, and they, 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 uh, they, they have a different culture than I have, and they have a different ethnicity than I have. But I know this, I'm family with them. Why? Because we have koinonia. We have this Christ-centered fellowship. And that's how the church should be. I want you getting to know people in the church you don't know. You know, what would happen if you met somebody for the first time in church and instead of running home, instead of running home and getting back to whatever busy thing you got to do, you say, hey, let's go to lunch together. Hey, get your family. You guys want to go to lunch? You might even say, I'll buy. <laughs> right? Come on. Come on. What? You know, we used to have people over. Oh, y'all are getting, oh, look at you looking like, oh, yeah, really? I, I got to be at my house first before I can invite people to come. Right? We used to have people over. Now, if somebody wants to come over, man, you, somebody comes to your door unexpected. You're turning lights off. You're diving for the floor. Who is that? No. Why didn't somebody tell us? You better not invite some over here, kids. I'm going to kill you. This house ain't even clean. I remember when I was a kid, people say, "Come, hey, hey, y'all want to come over tonight? We're going to hang out and have some food. There's this, there's this thing, there's this deep relationship connection. There's this, there's this place that God wants us to be that is so real and so true and so powerful. You don't even know what you're missing when you're missing it. You don't even get it. Our goal is to engage at a high level with God, but also at a high level with each other. Think of it this way. We want to go higher with God and deeper with one another. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm not going to read it today, but you can go in and read all about the, the ministry that God's given us. And, and in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19, it talks about in 1 John 1, 7, all of these scriptures that you can look at, all of them will talk about what the ministry that God's given us and how it is to be connected with him, but also how it is to affect us in our relationship with the others. And, 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 and then the next thing is grow. What does that mean? Healthy things grow. How many realize that healthy things grow? Why can't you get trees to grow here? Because this is not the right soil for it. You know, I, every time I find somebody who has got healthy trees in their yard, I just say, what? How God has blessed you. I had a friend of mine out where we live, and, you know, all the wind, and there's deer out there and everything. And he, he went and bought a whole bunch of little small seedlings and put them out there. And, you know, he's just so excited because he's going to have trees in his yard. I'm like, brother, you haven't lived here very long. Have you noticed there ain't a lot of trees anywhere? Have you noticed that? I come from Oklahoma, the land of the trees. And them deer came and just destroyed his trees. He had to buy all, he had to buy all new trees. I said, brother, you ain't blessed. Just give it up. Give it up. But healthy things grow. And our goal is to create an environment that is spiritually and emotionally and relationally healthy. And we're, we do this by purposeful individual and organizational discipleship. That includes one-on-one faith community relationships, serving and studying the Word together. 
We're, we're creating opportunities. Our first goal is the spiritual growth of the existing members of Summit Church. And the preceding goal that comes from that is the numeric growth of the church and then the influential growth in our area. And through the ministry of prayer and study of the word and in, in on-purpose intentional discipleship, our, our staff has d- started doing this. It is, it is literally requiring a lot extra from us, but we have decided we're going to do it. We're going to make whatever sacrifice. We'll give up other things, but we are de- we've decided we're going to pick several people out, and we've already done this, many of us, and the, it'll continue to grow and change, but we're, we're having once a week or once every two weeks or once a month uh, set down coffees or lunches with people and just sharing faith and edifying and talking through and being there for, and you know what? I'm expecting to happen, I'm expecting to happen that everybody in this church starts doing that. That you pick out somebody, at least one somebody, and say, I'm going to start helping you grow, and you can start helping me grow, and we're going to build relationships, and we're going to build friendships, and we're going to help you understand how to do that. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21 says this, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees, and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I, I pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home In your hearts as you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand it fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his ministry. his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. This is the atmosphere of the church. Listen to it. This is what Paul is saying the church should be. This is the expression of the church. And what is the church? The church is the ecclesia. We've been, the Lord spoke to Janae when I was having that, that message, preaching that message on Christmas Eve. He said, you need to start praying for favor. And I have to be honest, I haven't always prayed for favor because it seemed kind of selfish to me to pray for God's favor. God's favor, bless me this, bless me that. You heard that song. I even get mad at that song. Bless me, bless me. I'm like, shut up. Anyway. It's just we, and I think because we just live in such a selfish time that it just, I just like God. I want to be humble, and the Lord spoke. You just don't understand. I want to bless you. I want to bless you, and if you'll align your life with my word, if you'll align yourself with me, if you'll begin to pray that I give you favor, I'm going to start pouring favor out on you, and I'm just going to tell you something. We've already begun this, and we've already seen God start giving us favor in different areas and in different ways, and I'm telling you, God's going to do that with this church if we'll just say, God, bring it on. Bring it on. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. He said, you're the ecclesia. The, the Greek word means the ones who are called out from among them. We as a church, that's what churches are. We're people who are called out. We don't think like the world. We don't act like the world. We don't believe like the world. We don't entertain the philosophies of the world. We stick with the word. Come on, let's let go of the world and get back to the word. Come on, somebody. You're not going to become a spiritually overcoming Christian by listening to the philosophies of the world. You won't. But you can have power over the things that are harming and hurting and hindering your family if you just stick with the word. The third thing is this, go. 
our heart, our passion. It's not very hard to see. Just look at that video from 2022. Foster kids outreaches. Community service. School ministry, I Heart Canyon. We just have it in our heart to go. But there's more to it than that. We, we go a lot. But what you're going to see increase is a going. What you're going to see increase is this, a going that includes the gospel. Not just doing good, but making sure we're sending the message this is about Jesus. This is not about our church. This is not just about organizational things. This is not just about helping people. This is about helping people in the most significant way. First, spiritually, then physically. How can we help you? And sometimes we have to help people physically before we can help them spiritually. And we're willing to do that, and we love doing that. But we're going to go. And we're, and we're going to go because that's what Jesus said to do. He said, go. The last thing he said to the disciples before he sent it to the Father was, what? Go. He said, he said in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's start depending on God again. And when he says go, let's go. It could mean go to your neighbor. Do you know your neighbors? Like, do you really know them? Have they been to your house? Speaking to myself as well. I was out working with my neighbor a while back, and I thought to myself, how come I don't know the rest of my neighbors like this? So I've got in my head that I'm going to have some kind of block party or something, invite everybody to my house. And if they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. But I'm going to do my best, right? Everybody could do that. Go. Go to my neighbor. Go to my friends. Go to my family. Go to my Go to the same places I go all the time. Go to the same gym. Go to the same grocery store. Go to the same this. Go to the same that. So I get to know the people that are there. Go at the same time. So what happens? I build a relationship with them. I gain trust with them. I begin to share joy and peace and love and God and Jesus with them. He said go. He didn't say stay. He said go. I want you to think about this for a minute. Who is he saying go to? You, you and I, because we live in America, we've been in the Western world, we think he was saying go to us because we think the Bible was written in America. Because everything good that's ever happened and ever in the whole world came from America. He wasn't in America when he said this. He was in the Middle East. He was in Israel. And if they hadn't done what he asked them to do we would not be sitting here today knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him and my question to us is if we fail to go who is it that won't know go and so how do we do it we do it by establishing values And our values here are this. We had a lot more, and I just narrowed them down. We've looked at them. We found that some of them were redundant, and here's our values. You, you can read them in the notes, or you can see them on the screen or whatever. But here's what they are. Number one, family. We are inspiring hope for family in today's culture. 
And we are reaching the generations. We are not going to fail to reach the young generation. We ha- the church has to reach the young generations or we're going to lose a generation. Are you with me? This mic is acting weird. The second thing is message. You know what? Let me go back. We're not giving up on family. Hold on. I don't think you responded right to that. We're not giving up on family. It doesn't matter what the culture says. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter the opinions of everybody that's crazy. I may shouldn't have said that. That was a little too far. But we don't care. Here's what we care about. We care about what the Word of God says. The first thing God instituted was the family. And we're all right with family. And family, the family dynamic is what brings good society. We're not giving up on family. We're inspiring hope for family in today's culture. You can have a healthy family. You can have a wholesome family. You can have a good family. Come on, somebody. Message every member's a messenger. Your story about his story can change a life. Community. We are a faith community leading in our city with no strings attached. In other words, we're helping this city by being a faith community and we're not expecting anything in return. We just want to love our city. Honoring. We are honoring. We honor up. We honor down. We honor all around. Honor is expressed by celebrating people all around us. We want to be people of honor who give honor to other people. Give dignity, give love, give respect. We're generous. We are generous with our time and our talent and our treasure. We're not holding back from God, but we're just waiting on God to trip the hammer. We're just waiting on God. God, tell me, tell me how to be generous. Tell me what to do. Tell me what's next. And then we want to do it. And then intentional. We live life on purpose for the purpose of God. So if you'll bear with me for just a couple more minutes, I know we're running a little late. It's only 1230, so calm down. Now, see, if I said that so you'd feel better about it being 12. So I want you to go back and I want you to read these notes. I want you to study this and I want you to get it deep in your heart. Because that is all the why of what you're going to see we, that we do this year. We're going to do the same outreach as we've always done. We're going to add a few things. And here are some of the things we're going to add. You saw on your chair a little thing that tells you instructions on how to get the Summit app. What we're trying to do is we're trying to create an interactive app so that the church can relate to the uh, people in the church can relate to the church more easily, more interactively, and more relationally. And so this is a one-stop shop. Instead of having to communicate with everyone in so many different ways or instead of you getting a text for every single thing that happens in the church, whether whether it relates to you or not, you can set up this app to send you the stuff you need from the church. I don't want to get too technical. You can look at it. Now, just give us some time because it has taken time to get it all up and everything. So there's some things on it that are still not changed to fit the new vision. They will be shortly. Just be patient. And the purpose of this is we can do all the interaction with the church effectively and more efficiently so that we can move forward more quickly. We're going to do something that we haven't done before, but we're going to do quarterly all-women's gatherings and all-men's gatherings. 
We're still going to have small groups that have women and men in them and couples and all that stuff. But we're going to do some things that are bigger size things so that you can invite people, so that you can hang out with people you don't know and you can relate. Women with women, men with men, we can hang out. They'll all be fun. They'll have things attached to them. We're, that, that are going to be a blast. You'll get to know some new people. We're going to create, everybody with me, we're going to create a relational atmosphere that goes far beyond hospitality. We want to be hospitable, but there's a difference between being a neighborly person and being a person who you can have a lifelong friendship with. There's a difference. And we want to create that atmosphere where those kind of relationships can be built and others can be brought in and have those relationships. Listen, we're going to fight for this, so we're going to have to fight for it. So you're going to see those in the, in the calendar, and I want you just to go to them. You say, well, that's not really my, I don't care if it's your thing. Listen, we're getting outside of our, everybody say outside. Nothing great happened in your comfort zone. We're getting outside our comfort zone. Well, it's not something I'd normally, it doesn't matter if you normally do it. I'm asking you to do it. Because this isn't about you. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about God changing your life so that someone else's life can be changed. Get outside your comfort. Let God do something in your life using you to make a difference in somebody else's life. It's about time we started thinking like that. Come on. So in addition to our small groups, we're going to have once a quarter gatherings for men Four for men, four for women. That will be social and spiritual and enhance the idea of building community. We're doing our own youth group. I mean, our own youth camp. We've tried to do, to take kids to something that we felt met their social, you know, uh, activity and spiritual needs. We've tried several places. We just haven't been happy or satisfied over the last few years. So we gathered with four churches that are like-minded. And this summer, we're going to have a camp of our own that we're directing and guiding along with these other four churches that are like-minded to us because we want our kids to know that this is a tough world and the culture is coming after you. But there are other young people who want to be filled with the power of God and make decisions to walk the way of the word instead of the way of the world. And we want them to see them. We want them to interact with them. We want them to pray with them. We want them to worship with them. Come on. We want God to move in our young generation so that he can change what's going on in the world. So we're doing it ourselves, and it's going to be a powerful thing, and we're believing God to do something great there. Your teenager, or whatever grade it is, I think fifth through whatever, Sydney could tell you, needs to be there. Listen, this is a pioneering thing. We've got to get it off the ground, and it's going to be a good thing, but your kids need to be there. Your kids need to be there. So if there's something else, stop. Change it. It's not more important than their spiritual life. We put a, we're putting a mark in the ground, y'all. Come on, this church, we're putting a line in the sand, and we're saying God first, God's people, God's vision, God's will, God's purpose. We're not filling our life up with a bunch of meaningless stuff. We're going to do what God says, and we're going to walk God's way, and we're going to see the favor of God open up on our lives like we've never seen before. We're starting a leadership track for those who are, uh, are possible leaders in the church or want to be leaders or even just want to learn more about leadership. We're going to start a podcast. It's called Parent is a Verb. Janae and I have constantly have people coming to us and asking us about parenting and about parenting methods and how we parented. And we've got experience 
uh, in that, but it's more than that. God has given us some divine understanding in both of our fields of education and both of our fields of work. We have had a lot of experience with it. And so the church is starting a podcast this year called Parent is a Verb. And it's going to be 12 episodes this year that are going to literally, and we're going to ask you to help us build the community for that so that we can literally get the word out that parenting is It's the greatest gap we have in our world today, y'all. Let's just admit it. And we need to do something about it, and this is a step in that direction. And we're going global again, amen? It's pandemic is over and all that nonsense, and we're going global. So we're putting together a trip for a mission trip in Africa, I mean in Cambodia, June the 19th through the 30th, and we'll be going there to do some projects and ministry and leadership. And then this week, I've been given an invitation to go to our favorite African church, the church called Watoto. Kampala, Uganda, and Sydney and I will be going there this week, and they're having a transition of leadership, and it's going to be a celebration, and and I get the honor of preaching to their church, and and I get the honor of teaching their staff, and working with their staff, and coaching their staff, and I'm so excited about it. Now, this church, y'all, every week has about 40,000 people in it, and so they have 10 or 15 campuses. They're in southern Sudan. God is doing work. You've seen their choir here. You've seen the Watoto choir here. Man, I can't wait to go, but God is using us globally, and you know what? He wants you to go. You say, well, that's not really my thing. Then you can pay for somebody else to go. Amen. And then we're going to return to weekend live stream. Uh, We haven't been doing this for a while. We've been pre-recording just for quality reasons, and we have a benefactor in the church that has just said, I really believe God has put this on my heart and has bought all the equipment for the church, and we're going to be starting that up in, in, in the next few months. And so then I'm going to end with this. Our vision offering that will be coming up in a few weeks and a couple of months is going to be, you know, someday, can I just say this? Someday we're going to have a church and a campus on if God, if, if, if it's the will of God in front of Canyon East, someday we will. But we're not going to overextend ourselves or do something that God's not leading us to do yet. So I want you to keep your hope out there. Keep your faith out there. Keep your belief out there. God gave us that land for a reason. We're a debt-free church today and have been able to maintain debt freedom because of that land. And we know he gave it to us because we want to be a shining light to this region. (laughs) Amen. Not just this city. And I believe it's going to be the first of many things that God does. I don't know when he's going to do it, and I don't know. I'm not going to say that's absolute. We don't know. Us as elders, we're just believing God. We're setting our faith. We know he's given that to us for a reason. But we're not going there yet, and we have a lot of things we need to do here. Our building needs some changes, and one of those things is our kids' area needs to be revamped. So that's what our, our vision offering is going to be about this year, is about revamping that kids' area. Amen. And we're going to believe God that as we revamp that, it's going to reflect the great children's ministry that we have going here because it is awesome. And we're going to believe God to bring 
hundreds and thousands of can you can you get can you have a BHAG with me for a minute a big hairy audacious goal that we have to go to two services and three services and we have to have more teachers and more trainers and more leaders because we got so many kids we can't hold on to that's the kind of favor God's putting on us it's already started I don't want you to miss it amen come on are y'all with me do you believe God wants to do this do you believe that God wants us to connect that God wants us to grow that God wants us to go. Listen, we have no choice but to grow. As long as there's a heaven and as long as there's a hell, we got a job to do, church, and that's grow in the name of Jesus. Grow in our spiritual development and grow in number as we influence this city as they need to know Jesus and God changes their lives. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? Well, three people are clapping. It's awesome. I love you guys. Stand with me. Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to Him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church podcast.